listening to Around Comics. Get the hot take, but uh, in three, two, one. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast where we talk about everything in and around the world of comics and comics culture. I'm Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. Hello, I am drinking this week. I'm drinking booze. I'm boozing. Whoa! I'm on a new diet. I'm on a new nutritional. I have a new nutrition guy that's helping me try to lose some weight, and he's trying to. He's helping me by making me eat everything. And, nice. Uh, evidently, I may have been starving myself. He is a curl. Way. He's a curler. Uh, no, you're on a you're on a know, curling. Maybe, diet. maybe he is. Because I'm on a curling diet, which is basically I, eat and drink everything. No, I still don't eat. I mean, I don't eat fried shit. I try and eat healthy, but I eat that's a lot more of stuff and i'm not so worried about the carbs anymore so well, in case good. anyone was wondering huh. yeah well you looking svelte the last time i saw you so feeling good so trying to stay, stay young nice nice well i'm drinking too i'm having a happy place what's that i'm in a happy place happy place it is a uh it's a it's a a, a wonderful uh uh juicy ipa from uh, oh. uh hurry up in uh, Milwaukee called Third Space. I thought it was a cocktail. I thought it was a name no, no, of a no. cocktail. I was like, I never heard of that before. That's just, it is. I'm it having is, some. It is, oh, it is a Midwest Pale Ale from Third Space Brewing in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ding, and it's delightful. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mr. Thomas Caters, do you have a uh, uh, a cocktail? It's, it's it's drink roll call. You know, I'm drinking an old fashioned. No, no, <laughs> let's not let's not start this. <laughs> Drinking just uh, old fashioned. That's are you are you brand, brand yeah. old fashioned? I'm, I'm yeah. assuming not brandy, just whiskey. Whiskey. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa! Yeah, right. What happened? What happened to you, my scony friend? It's, uh, well, you can't get good brandy here because all of the brandy is in Wisconsin. It's in Wisconsin, yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin drinks more brandy than the rest of the country combined. I well, for that. real, when you like go to a liquor store, they never have. They just have like, yeah, Christian Brothers or whatever. Yeah, it's just like, and I have a a more refined brandy palette. <laughs> of course, <laughs> than, than that. Yeah, it's like I'm ugh, not ooh. No, I'm not gonna drink. Well, uh, well, well, fine, listeners. I believe that uh, last time we met, we had uh, given you the uh, the opportunity to uh, join us in reading uh, "Die" by uh, Kieran Gillen and what is uh, Hans the the artist? Stephanie it's, uh, it's Stephanie Hans Hans, Hans. Hans. I don't know. I don't know. H A N S. 
Yep. Uh, Clayton Cole's letter, uh, Ryan Hughes designer, and Chrissy Williams editor. Uh, it is published by Image Comics. Uh, came out uh, what it's been here the last the last year or so that uh, that Die started. Uh, the first trade paperback collects the first five issues, and it was Sal's pick for our. Uh, our, our joint discussion. So I'm going to throw it over to you. Uh, tell us a little bit about die. Tell me. Something. Well, do you want me to tell you about it or do you want me to oh, no, tell, I, I tell you what you, I thought why, about why don't you, it? Why don't you tell us why you picked it? Um, well, I picked it because I had heard, <laughs> I had heard some good things about it and it sounded like something that was up my alley. It, it, it's a, it's about um, a group of, friends that start a uh, role-playing game together and stuff happens and they end up in a uh, world um, of the game and they're kind of trapped there evidently for a while and uh, yeah so it's it, it, the reason I picked it was I, I've liked a lot of Kieran Gillen's Gil, Gil, how do you say it Gillen Kieran Gillen Gillen Karen Gillen's work in the past but with but, but with a with a British accent <clears throat> My problem is I want to say Gian because Gian? I mm-hmm. well I say Ozzy. guillotine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ozzy Gian. Ozzy Gian. Ozzy Gian. Yeah. <laughs> Are <laughs> they related? I'm sure they <laughs> were exactly alike. They sound exactly alike too. They have the same accent. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they yeah. do have the same haircut. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, haircut is me. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I think uh, Kieran's a little better dresser than Ozzy. Ozzy's, although uh, Ozzy, you know, sometimes looks pretty good, sharp, pretty Kieran sharp. Is, he is a dapper lad. Um, but yeah, so that's why basically I picked it. I figured uh, I'm I'm getting back into playing Dungeons and Dragons again and other board games and stuff like that. My kids are getting into RPGs a little bit, and I've as I've become middle aged, hopefully, uh, knock on wood, middle aged. Um, yeah. I found myself. Uh, extremely interested in anything nostalgic anything from the 80s sure. Sure. um i can't help but like and and fortunately enough uh people out there creating stuff are either of my age group or they're trying to um pander to my age group so mm-hmm. there's tons of nostalgic stuff out there now and and uh an rpg a, a group of friends that that start playing a, a, a some sort of dungeons and dragons like game and then and get trapped in and the get game. Trapped in, yeah, and and you know immediately uh, upon reading that or hearing that, um, you th- you know me, I think about the old uh, Dungeons and Dragons cartoon back in the day. Um, <laughs> did, did, did you did you read the essay? I, I the, did. The, yeah, so it, it didn't that, surprise me. Kind of, yeah, that was kind of the germ of the idea. Is that is that uh, Kieran and and Jamie McKelvey who have worked on stuff? We talked about phonogram. Uh, for a long time, and that's part of the the creative team from Phonogram and Wicked and the Divine. Uh, there's a, he's telling the story, kind of the genesis of of Die, where they're walking around. Was it San Diego's some convention? Um, and they're they're walking around, and and they talk. So the subject of the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon comes up, and he kind of fixates on this idea because they never finished the series, so they never you know they wrote but never actually produced the the episode where the kids in the D&D cartoon series were able to escape 
the the fantasy world and return home to their wives. And so that's the 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 beginning of the idea is okay. Well, yeah, what happened to those kids? And so this is kind of his his take on on the you know that that idea and and creating a story of of that and i i from the nostalgia standpoint just like you were talking about it's like yeah i always wondered what happened to those kids it's a perfect idea i mean it's a great yeah. concept and and something that you know a story should be written from it because it's a great idea of like oh yeah what what would happen if you and your friends did get trapped in dungeons and dragons or in a world that was you know dungeons and dragons based uh and couldn't get out and um yeah, I think it's a terrific idea, and unfortunately, I didn't care for the execution of it. Quite really? honestly, okay. I didn't. I okay. didn't like the book very much. I, um, okay. I, I found it to be really cynical and um, mm-hmm. a, a real downer of a read. And it's not. It's not a happy book. <laughs> yeah, and and that's fine. Like, it's not necessarily. I don't need like a sweet story necessarily, or a happy ending even, or anything like that. But I found it to be sort of really unnecessarily cynical and maybe not unnecessarily, but I found it to be extremely cynical on two levels. One was, um, about role-playing games and sort of the time spent playing role-playing games. And what I gleaned from reading it is, is, uh, Kieran seems to think that he may have wasted a lot of time playing video or playing, uh, games when he was a kid, when, when, or when hmm. he was a young adult, when he shouldn't have. And I think, Part of it is like some sort of guilt, and I can't necessarily relate because, you know, in the same way, but I think he seems to have some sort of guilt about veterans of World War One, and that might be a very British thing. Oh, uh, I, I don't know, okay. but, but I sort of mm-hmm. felt that in reading this, um, and that he sort of projected this idea of like, while, you know, while he was wasting time playing games, there's these men that, you know, sacrificed everything in these yeah. great wars and it's like we play war and they really went through it and maybe we don't um honor that enough and that's a noble thing like that's an honorable mm-hmm. thing to think about certainly mm-hmm. but i don't know that you have to necessarily attack one thing to defend the other i don't know that you necessarily have to feel guilty about it and certainly not I, preach that in a story now it's his right I, to I, do see, that. I, I see what you're saying but i also kind of recognize at the beginning of this and and what's 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 also put out there the story's not done this is just the first five issues and so so this could be setting up you know a lot of redemption stories and 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 character growth i mean they already had a couple moments of of what looks like character growth and then he did a little hair hairpin turn on us but um i i think that the setup especially in the first issue is that you you take these these what is it uh, five characters you know really six but the the five the five kids that that come back and that time in 1991 just prior to them leaving for most of them was the happiest time of their life you know save one or two of them cuz you know 16 year olds always have problems but you know i think that 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 group of friends and them gaming i think that point was like the for most of them was the happiest point in their life and then this happens and they come back and they're all kind of dysfunctional messes so i don't know if it's an an attack on you know gaming or you know the the 
geek culture hobbies and how you're wasting your time. I think it's more of, I think it's more of him writing really broken, dysfunctional characters. And I don't know what the long-term plan for the series is. Well, yeah, but is they it, were broken. Is it how they redeem or They were or broken by an RPG, but they were broken by spending time in this world. And, and I think they were broken before. I don't know if, I don't. Were, yeah, there's I, no evidence they, of that in the book at, that I saw. There really wasn't much of that. Explained. I mean, sure, it was an absolutely yeah. traumatic experience for them. I mean, they disappear for for two years and and come back, and um, but they they still have all of their full memories. It's just that they're not allowed to. They're, they're by magically not allowed to talk about it, right? Yeah, before they they left the realm and came back home, yeah. they had uh, the one kind of the main narrator of the story. He uh, is a yeah. wizard type Ash. character, yeah. and he um, sort of put a uh, kind of hex on everyone where they couldn't talk about it um, at all. That was the only way that they were allowed to leave together. Um, so that they couldn't, you know, and we don't really know why that is necessarily, uh, you find out a little bit more as the story progresses, but I, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not, uh, I think it's, um, it's a well-written story, but I think I just, I talked about this before is that, you know, I've kind of boiled down whether I like something or not to a simple thing of whether or not I care about the characters and, I don't mm-hmm. feel like this made me care about these characters at all. I don't. I didn't like any of them. I found them to be rather annoying, <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know, and and particularly whiny um, kind of characters. And I didn't really. Well, they're I, I didn't care about them. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's what you. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe I'm just too I old. To, I don't really mean that. Yeah, but, no. But that, that that would be the perception. Like, oh, yeah, whiny millennials. But. Uh, um, I just didn't really care about them. Actually, I, I felt like that sixteen ninety one. They're so they're basically our age. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I just Gen didn't X. really care about them that much. I did the, the book didn't do a good job. I felt of of making me care what happened to them, and I really you know just didn't really fall in love with any of them. And I I, I was just annoyed by them a lot. They were just sort of like. I don't know how many times they, you know, he said they're really broken, dysfunctional characters, and the ones that you do have maybe a little bit of compassion for, they're they're not real developed at the. I mean, it's it's really focusing on what the Ash character, yeah, uh, and then and then it touches on on a on a couple more, and there's some. I mean, there's certainly some some interesting you know touchstones for for each one of them, but I mean, this is Ash's story to begin with, and if you don't if you don't feel connected to that character. And and to and to talk about that character in in the real world, it's a male character, and in the the fantasy world, it's a female character. And there's certainly some, um, you know, is it? Uh, so, uh, yeah, his oh, name yeah, is Dominic. So. His yeah, name is right. Dominic. And then and it's Ash, and it's a it's a female well, mage character. And so I think that was part of why I didn't enjoy it that much too, is because I I didn't particularly like the art. Um, I felt it to be kind of unfinished. And and a little messy. Um, I, I wasn't really crazy about it. Just not my taste. It, overall, like I, I said, I, I, would, I, I would describe it as as kind of a you know, a moody painterly style. But that would be a kind way to describe it. Yeah, it's it's dark. It's dark. It's it's dark, and it's it's you know it's almost like you know painting with charcoal uh, a little bit. I I I didn't like the art to right off the bat. Um, 
as I kind of got through it, I warmed up to it as being just part of of that world. And it was, I, I like I liked the art more as I went through it. Still not my preferred, you know, economy of line style of mm-hmm. art. Yeah, um, and that's all I mean too. It's not. Yeah. It's just not what I particularly like. And not that it's bad. It's just not what. I like so it jam. didn't it didn't do much to enhance the story for me personally. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I said, I'm just trying to explain the things that I didn't like about it because I I, I got to the end of it and I'm just like, ah, it, it's it's not it's not a story. Yeah, I found for me. it sort of frustrating in a sense that I feel like it kind of danced around a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it like never really went to the heart never, of it. Never yeah, like it just kinda like constant like allusions to things but like not ever really like landing any of it in a particularly interesting way and i think that was another th- part of it is it's just i never felt a, a any particular drama about it they they obviously get home and now you know they go back you know to you know i guess we should we had we didn't say we were going to talk about this in depth or that we we're going to spoil stuff and i guess we're trying not to but um, no, nah, I told people we're gonna. Yeah. I, I think we told people we're gonna read it. So you know, here it. Let's talk about it. But so they go back, and and there's you know there's more danger involved, and obviously you know they basically what we find out is that the sixth member of the group, the guy that put everything together, and forgive me, I don't remember his name, but and they, they just end up kind of referring to him as the Grandmaster or right. twenty because okay. each one of them have a different numbered die, so. right. But he was the friend that put everything together in the beginning. Yeah. He, he created the game. Yeah. And he's now uh, all, the all-powerful grandmaster of the world that they're back in. Um, and so they have to somehow defeat him uh, or, or convince him to come back home you know, with them. And the, the, one of the things that they're sort of debating or one of the uh, – actually, one of the more interesting things was – the idea of like, well, do we treat this as it's a game or do we treat it as if these people that are here are actually real? Um, mm-hmm. And so do we act like nothing matters and we can act however we want or we do we do we actually care about these people because they're living yeah. and breathing people? So that was sort of interesting, but I just felt like it never set up any kind of real drama. Uh, you know, it's like it, it even... What, what, one of my issues with it, and it's along those lines, is that they never really clearly set up the rules of the world then they don't they don't set up it's like it's it's this is this is how this reality works and this is these are the rules that they and they talk about rules a lot because it's a game they're inside of a game and games are are dictated by rules but they never really set out what those rules are they just say that the grandmaster can change the rules and then there's like well we just have to work out with outside of the the rules of the game it's like okay but we as the reader have never been you know made privy to what those rules are yeah absolutely it's 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 the, the entire thing from the writing to the art i felt to be muddy you know, it, I think that's a, mm-hmm. a pretty good word to describe this book. Is it's muddy, it's it's unclear. It doesn't give you, I felt, enough to really latch on to. Um, and maybe the story turns around, and maybe you know that's okay too. I, you know, not necessarily um, everything has to be you know laser focused, razor sharp. You know, this is the the story beats broken down. Bam, 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 bam. Everything explained to you. You know, ambiguity is fine, and and but. 
I I just don't think that that was necessarily the case that he's mm-hmm. going for that. It's just I felt like it was just not really clear. So, and this is kind of whenever I look at series, do you feel like this is a twelve issue series, a twenty four issue series, a a fifty or sixty issue series? I mean, it's like. It, it might be a five issue story for for Sal <laughs> apparently, but is it is this the kind of story that you want to see you know kind of wrapped up in a in a pretty you know easily digestible chunk, or is this something that you know it's it's interesting enough where you want to see you know twenty thirty forty fifty you know a hundred well, issues of these characters? I I think that it could be it could be interesting if like the <laughs> setting was more interesting. Like I, I can't imagine myself reading like fifty stories set in this place because the there's like a lack of variety within <laughs> it, within this place, it, right? You know, you know, like, you know it's it's what, like, it, it it feels like a video game. You know, one of the big like open world video games, and it's like we're on like the first part of the map, and everything else is like covered in cloud, and yeah. it, it's, so you just don't know what the rest of the world is. It could get very interesting, but it's we haven't, I don't think that we've seen enough of what the possible world building could be to, to know if it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I think it could definitely go on for a long time. I, I mean, tr- truth be told, it seems like it's doing pretty well. I think it's getting good reviews. It seems like people like the book, and maybe it's just something that I didn't connect with. And so I can mm-hmm. definitely see that it, you know, you could watch these characters sort of going through and debating a lot of different morality issues and dealing mm-hmm. with, like, the idea of, like, the difference between game theory and reality and how you, you know you act in uh, in in video games say or in RPGs or in a fantasy world uh, you know does that is that your true character the way that you behave in a world that isn't real or is that <laughs> yeah. you know you know what I mean? so I could definitely see that is Batman the real person or is uh, yeah you know and 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 so you could get into a lot of things and I could I could definitely see people maybe enjoying that and and reading it for a long time I mean you know, Walking Dead went on for how many issues? So yeah. there's certainly, you know, people may enjoy that sort of thing of just like watching these characters deal with the, all these different situations. And, and because you have a fantasy world, you could bring literally anything you want into it. Um, so it could go on for a long time. Me personally, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna follow it. But that doesn't, you know, <laughs> good. Yeah. it's a, it's a five uh, issue series for you. Eh, probably, I might. Yeah. I might grab the next trade on on you know yeah. Hoopla just to see where it goes, but yeah, it just it just wasn't my cup of tea. It just uh, you know I don't know I I don't I'm at a point where I I don't need everyone to apologize for everything that's happened in the past. I, I'm kind of tired of that mentality of like mm-hmm. we need to apologize for everything that's gone on before today. Um, I, I think it's a waste of time. I don't think that it really accomplishes anything. And I think that I don't need it in my fiction. You know, it's bad okay. enough. It's on Twitter. I don't, I don't really, you know, need it, uh, in the stories that I read where we have to apologize for everything that we've done. Um, I, I I'm almost 50. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> like it's done. <laughs> it's over. I got to move on. I got to move forward. I, you know, so if if that's what you know, maybe this is some sort of cathartic 
thing for for him for Kieran. Uh, I don't know. It, I felt like there was some sort of apology there, or some sort of you know uh, begrudging. Um, I don't know who he was apologizing to. Uh, himself, like I think himself. Oh, I think okay. he, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think he. I think he's you know sort of trying to make up for some something that he feels he he should have done different or he doesn't do well enough or I don't know what it is maybe I'm making that yeah. up I don't know but that's what I read yeah. in it and it's just not that interesting to me um, okay you know I I was I was hoping for something a little more entertaining and and not as um I don't know drab okay that was the yeah. that was the only part I found interesting <laughs> 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 that was that portion of it the uh, just because where, I think you know, the so World yeah, War One stuff. Weird World War One thing. Well, to me, like mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't see it necessarily as a thread that I thought like went through everything. I thought it was more of, to me, read it more as like Just in within moment. that moment of that context of that, which I actually thought was more interesting than the rest of it because I didn't really find the characters that interesting. So I kind of thought like, well, maybe the setting will be interesting. And I do think there's. There is something interesting about the thought of like all these people playing role playing games throughout the world, and it's just like a constant state of conflict of just like when given the chance to like imagine something, mm-hmm. mostly we'd like to imagine fighting other people or <laughs> you know like <laughs> there's something there's something about that that is interesting, you know like I, I don't necessarily know that that was the most it was the part that was the most compelling to me out of the rest of it because i kind of agreed with you that i I didn't kind of care about the characters that much and then outside of that i kind of didn't care about the setting that much you know like the the key to a book like this is going to be the the ability to to really pull off the world building and i like i said it's like the video game thing i don't feel like we've seen enough of the world for me to be really vested in it yet that may change because that was like the one moment to me where I was kind of like, oh, okay, like this kind of like there's something kind of happening here. But then otherwise, it just kind of, I don't know, you know, like role playing games are so many like tropes you can play with, and I feel like they didn't really play with them as much as sort of just like plop them down, and then you just kind of like navigate your sort of way through them a little bit. Yeah. And it, yeah, uh, so I had, to, I. I well, I, even I'm like feeling the same way. Well, even like the characters' power sets, like even the 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 abilities they had, they were all sort of based on misery in one way or another, you know. And it's just like oh, Jesus, you know, like the, the one, you know, the 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 one guy. It's like he can only you know draw his sword if he's <laughs> when he's sad, sad. <laughs> yeah. and, you know. And it's just like, oh, yeah. wow, that's great. It's sort you of know. an unrelentingness uh, to the characters. The, yeah, so like. Uh, you know, like now, I I do kind of like the the quote unquote power of the character that she it's it's a it's a bargaining negotiating with gods that she gets perks yeah. from them, but then she has to pay it back in some way. That's kind of a neat little a, a, a neat little. But it's not going to end well. I mean, it's this horrible thing. Like it, they're all. That's what I mean. They're they're all horrible. Like the yeah. the the one character is basically a junkie. The you know the other one has to be incredibly sad. Well, the the other one yeah. you know yeah. it has to make a, a deal with the devil every time they use you know they want something. It's like these are all terrible things, and I get like 
I get that he's making it that way because the villain created the world mm-hmm. like that, but it makes for sort of this really negative, sar- sarcastic, not sarcastic, but cynical look at, at gaming. Yeah. Like, well, is that I mean, what you got the, from the gaming? About- like. Gaming is is escapism. That's why you game is because I want to be a wizard or a barbarian fighter. I want to escape for a couple hours, you know, three, four hours a week and go, you know, be a master archer, thief, whatever. And yeah, I mean, there's, 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 and, and this, the, the way that he set it up is, you, know, you have to would pay not do in that. blood in you order have, to yeah, do that. To it's fine. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to pay it's a really high price. And it, and that's it, why I mean the the World War the World War One thing. I felt filtered through it because to me, what he was saying was basically it's fine to pay to play these games and spend all this time, but there are men that sacrificed real lives, real blood for war. And yeah. so when you're sitting here playing these games, pretending at war... To be a hero. What is a, what is a hero? Right. And it's right. like, okay, I get that. I understand the idea of, like, yes, we probably have never given the credit uh-huh. to the veterans well, that, that have fought in these wars. But at the same time, why do you think they fucking fought them? They fought yeah. them so that their kids and their grandkids didn't have to. And that didn't happen. You know, it was the it was the war that World War One was the war to end all wars. Well, that didn't fucking happen. They that's what those men and women too uh, that served in that war were fighting it for was so that their children, their grandchildren, didn't have to do that. That's what they thought, at least. But oopsie, yeah, the reality. So it's like, what's you know, what are you trying to say? You know, what it's like. These guys would be thrilled if they knew that their great grandkids or their grandkids were able to just play games and pretend at war and didn't actually have to go and die i think they would be pretty happy so it's it's very cynical it's very sad in a lot of ways to kind of look at it from that perspective of like it's a bad thing that we don't have to go and die in wars you know like that that seems really odd to me and 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 a strange message out of a comic book all right. Well, it sounds like we're, eh, if not split, uh, some of us liked it more than others. Well, what did you others. like about it? Tell, tell, I, I mean, I've kind of dominated this conversation so far, and I don't know. No, I mean, it was, it was the, but the, um, I, I would say it's, it's on the scale to, of one to 10, you know, I'd say it's probably a, 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 a six. It's, I will read it one. This is not going to be a, a reread for me. Um, I liked it. I liked it fine. Um, probably wasn't digging for too much, you know, deeper meaning uh, in stuff. You know, certainly with the uh, with the the World War One scenes, I saw what he was trying to do with the with the fake war versus real war. You know, kind of juxtaposition on that. Um, yeah, like I said, it's not my favorite style of art. Uh, I think the concept was right off the bat something that was really intriguing, and I think concept can take you a long way in a book. 
Uh, it's probably enough for me to pick up the second trade just because I, I, I have just enough interest in the characters to see if there's, if there's more weep in what they, in what they do. It's like he did this weird little hint of, and it was very, it was almost fourth wall breaking where Chuck, it's like, Oh, is Chuck developing? He literally almost says, is Chuck developing as a character? And, and then Chuck ends up, you know, doing a hairpin and being an asshole again. Um, but I actually want to see, it's like, are these really sad, broken characters through this second time of going through this? Are they able to come out on the other side fixed for some reason? And so, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take another, another dip on the second trade and see if, uh, and see if things, you know, develop and the likability of these characters goes up, if that makes any sense. Right. Yep. No, I, I got you. I, I, there is yeah. something about it that, like you said, it's a really strong concept and, and certainly yeah. Kieran Innovation takes you away. is a good writer mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie Haas is a good artist i just i think it just um it just missed the mark with me i don't know i don't it's just for whatever reason it, it wasn't maybe it wasn't just what i was expecting but yeah. um i don't know i just i uh like i said i'm the cynicism of it is just like jesus i wouldn't want to play a fucking game of D with you <laughs> dude <laughs> like if that's your outlook on on gaming like it has this to be british but you know horrible <laughs> fucking you know <laughs> so if you're if, if you're out there listening and you're British and you play D and D, is this <laughs> is this what your games are like? We'd love to know. Actually, Sal, there's a there's a good plug for the uh, for the email address. If you would like to uh, to email us, uh, ask us questions, uh, suggest things for us to to read or talk about, uh, or just I don't know, let us know what's going on in your part of the world. You can reach us uh, at where Sal info at aroundcomics.com. And of course, right. you can always get us on Twitter or yep. uh, Instagram Facebook. or Facebook or on our website. Oh, speaking of Facebook, I do want to mention um, somebody pointed out there's an old, like our original Facebook oh, page <laughs> exists out there. Uh-huh. It's still there. Um, I don't have access to it any longer because at one point I had deleted my Facebook account. Um, oh. <laughs> and so I don't, I can't access it. So if somebody was like asking, "Hey, how come you don't update this page anymore? Why didn't you tell people you have a new page?" And I can't. I don't have access to it. I, I thought I gave you guys admin access at one point, but I don't know if that if you do have it or not. If you do, add me as an admin, and then I can fix stuff. But let me see. It. We'll I don't think it. I do. Yeah, I don't know. But so if you're if you're still following the old Around Comics Facebook page, um, which hasn't been updated in forever. Then it's the wrong one. Yeah, it's the wrong one, and search for the new one, and and look for stuff that's kind of updated regularly. <laughs> Whenever I, <laughs> not that hey. often. We yeah, don't work we, that we, hard at social media or promoting yeah. the podcast. You know, we just kind of yes, we're just we're here to have a good time. Exactly. Um, so uh, so our our first we'll call it I don't know if we want to call it a book of the month or whatever, but but my selection was. Uh, uh, Green Lantern Year One by yes. uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Hardman and Karina Sarabeco. So Sal's pick was a book that he didn't like called Die. Sometimes and, you lose. 
Sometimes, sometimes you win, sometimes you sometimes, lose. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it is now Tom's pick. Tom, what uh, what are we going to be uh, reading All this right, month? All right, guys. You might have uh, heard of a popular movie called The Joker. Oh, I'm sorry. Joker. <laughs> there is no the in front just of it. Joker. Um, just Joker. And uh, the incredible amount of discourse about it had made me go through... Uh, the old hoopla to see what sort of Joker books they have in there. And uh, what I have picked, is, <laughs> I've picked uh, <laughs> the Joker, the Clown Prince of Crime, which is, is that the a Superman collection. One? That's no. the collection of the Joker solo series from like the 70s. Oh, God. Okay. It's I a very weird pick just because I, I, the, all the discussion about Joker. Is really like made me think a lot about the actual character of the Joker and how, um, like, I kind of feel like he's been wrecked, like over t- <laughs> over time, uh, like pr- the the uh, sort of like the the like modern idea of that character, you know, like everything after Alan Moore, after the Killing Joke, yeah, like has been sort of like this very downward spiral i feel like he's overused he's like super predictable like right like the for a madcap character who's like does crazy stuff like usually it's pretty predictable what he's gonna do you know it's like not a surprise when the joker shows up he shows up like all the fucking time well Um, he falls into the trap of like he's he became incredibly popular you know it's like wolverine or Deadpool now or whatever it's like so of course the publishers are just going to pump them out and everything yeah. because it sells because people fucking love like the Joker three of them. there was the hint that there was three Jokers which I was like this is just so meta that of course there's three fucking Jokers three different Jokers and they can all have miniseries so I, I'm intrigued <laughs> at looking at you know of, of Go back reading a it. Joker book of like when a time period where they're like, we're going to give the Joker his own book. But before the Joker sort of has become sort of the modern version of the Joker, which is like the like uh, crazy yeah. dark version of it. Yeah, but this, like is, a, some, this is somewhere in between like the Cesar Romero and Jack Nicholson version yes, of Joker. Yes, like that one. And just, I mean, I've read like an issue or two of it, but I've just decided yeah. to just pick a set of super old comics. I love it. Because I think it would be fun to read the Joker. Because I'm just like, all the discussion about the character, and I'm always, I'm just like, I'm so sick of the Joker. And yet, I'm like... <laughs> yeah, you're picking a Joker book. Thank you, I'm Tom. picking a Joker book. A different one, a- right? Because really, what used to be great about the... I used to think that the character was great because, first of all, no origin story. So you didn't have to waste time endlessly retelling an origin story. Like, he shows up, right? And the thing that was great about the Joker was, like, you know, he he had, like, like, he wasn't usually trying to take over the world, though they started doing that all the time, too. Um, You know, like, the Joker, his plans were never, like, totally sensical or like uh there was a little bit of fun just, to him they were just like there's like I, weird yeah, yeah he was just like kind of like unpredictable and it's like you know like and 
he pops up in like Crisis on Infinite Earths and he's trying to rob some old guy of like a bunch of silent movie comedies or whatever, right? Like who can like <laughs> what a goofy ass thing to do, but that's like what that character was, right? And he's like over the years as he and Batman have become so like entrenched with each other. I actually think sure. it's been bad for both of those characters to just like be like linked like that. It's the I Joker and then everybody else. It's yeah, yeah. Become, and I yeah. think that, and I think like it's to the detriment of Batman, right? Because I'm now talking about these characters like they're real, right? But like, <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, real to you. they're real. It's real to me, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Go back to that. But well, just, it, it looks it looks like you can pick this up uh, on Amazon for uh, for like fifteen and a half bucks or so. Uh, I don't know if it's available at uh, your local library or, or Hoopla, it's on but Hoopla. It is okay. On Hoopla. Yeah, uh, I love the the talent list that's associated with with this. This is the uh, the Denny O'Neill era, so it's Denny O'Neill, Elliot S. Magan, Martin Pascal, and uh, the 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 artist on this, like uh, Ernie Chan, Irv Novak, and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez with some Dick Giordano inks. So I'm excited about this. Yeah, I it was just you know it, it's funny because I, I almost feel like the Joker has become like this weird. It's like this character that says more about like who's ever the cre- the creator than it does about the Joker. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's almost. Uh, like he's become so. He's overused. a cipher. Yeah, he he's not yes, a character exactly. as much as he's a cipher at this point, and that's kind of how I view him too. Of just like, I've gotten to the point where the Joker. There's so many different takes on him. Yes. You know, everybody has their Joker story in them. Everybody has, you know, the way they want to tell the Joker, and uh, and I don't mind it. Like I understand the yeah. sort of why people like the Joker. I think. He is sort of a malleable character, and it is, you know, you can get really dark with him. You can get kind of silly with him. You can, you know, more so dark in, like you said, after Alan Moore, uh, you know, like everything else, everything has gotten darker. But I kind of view the Joker at this point of just sort of like a force of nature. He just, you know, it it can kind of, almost like a sickness. Like anyone can kind of be the Joker. And so whenever someone tells a new Joker story, it's not even the same character and you know what i mean it's, it's just yeah. sort of like it, it yeah. happened to someone it almost um they were in fact he's a force of nature he's not a character yeah he's yeah. and yeah. and like you said Tom, it's like the the writer whoever's writing him is just sort of getting something out you know with that character with the joker you know they they, they uh, but yeah. i was shocked I'm, i i know you guys haven't seen the movie uh, mm-hmm. I've been a little surprised by like some of the people that I've heard that really disliked it, like really did not like it. And it's usually, it's mostly, it's like older comic book fans. It seems like yeah. that really, really, really don't like the movie. Like I could understand not enjoying it. It's not your thing. You didn't care for it. But like the people that are like, this is a terrible movie. This is bad. This is awful. Uh-huh. This is a horrible <laughs> movie. And I'm just like, really? Right. Like, I, I'm like, I think I have a, I have decent taste. I may not be like the best, you know. Did I, you like? Did you I enjoy really it? enjoyed it. I thought it was terrific, and and maybe cool. it's because once again I go into it sort of like 
I don't expect it to be in canon. I don't expect it to be a part of the comics that I've read for 30 years. I don't expect it to yeah. follow any rules. I just I just wanted an interesting story. And I think you got an if nothing else, you got an amazing performance out of an actor. Sure. So it's like how and and that's the weird thing. Like I've heard people talk about it like going, "Oh, it's a terrible movie." You know, what? Joaquin Phoenix okay. is amazing in it, but it's a terrible movie. And it's like, well, how is that even possible if yeah. you can have an um, unbelievable performance? An Os- Oscar-level performance. But it's a terrible it's movie? Terrible, yeah, yeah, I don't get well, that. Well, I think it's the, there's so much discussion about it, that, and I haven't seen it, but I, I find it hard to believe that it could possibly be worthy of the amount of, like, dis- Discussion before it came out, right? But you know, like just that level of, of just like hand wringing and just like, oh my god, like what if it incites violence? And then sort of like, it, it feels like the movie has become like the character where it's kind of a cipher right. for whatever you want to like, sure. whatever you think it's a, it is. I, I think a lot of people probably yes, go into it with a preconceived notion of whether they're going to like it or not, which well, is is not how I like to digest entertainment. Yeah. Well, Tom, to your point, I think I think you're right on it. Like, it seems like, you know, I've heard so many different things about what people have said about it. It's like, oh, it's it's like uh, apologizing for incels, or it's like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, the people. If you like the movie, you must be, you know, this this kind of person. Yeah, you know, and and that sort of thing. Like it's it's already this sort of preconceived notion about, you know, if if you you know if you don't find this despicable or if you don't find this terrible, then you must be this, you know. And it's just this weird sort of like you said, it, you know, okay, what are you hiding? What do you? What is your? What 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 kind of issues are you dealing with? It's just a movie. It's just a movie. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Good or bad. It's at the end of the day, it's just a movie about a made-up character. It's a guy in makeup. That's all it really is. And yeah. you know, I, I like it. I mean, I haven't seen it, but it's like it's so strange that there's so much discussion of what probably isn't in any sort of real way a controversial movie, right? Like of like anything yeah. within it. I mean, you know, it's like, very dark. It's a very dark movie. It's a very, I mean, it is absolutely a love letter or an homage to, you know, Scorsese films of the seventies. It's, it's very much yeah. a, to oh, me, awesome. a mix of like uh taxi driver and uh, the King of comedy. Um, there's no question. And I don't think there's, he, Todd Phillips wasn't hiding that fact. I mean, he cast, uh, De Niro yeah. in the role that Jerry Lewis played in the De Niro movie, The King of yeah. Comedy. You know, you know what I mean? So it's not like uh-huh. he was pretending that he was doing anything other than that. That he was he was using that same sort of look and feel. And but people act like that's a bad thing. It's like those are thirty year old movies. He, he, I mean. And they're classics. They're great and, movies. Yeah. If you're like, going to do an homage, yeah. If you're going to do it's something, a good, it's a pretty good place to to start, right? Did, so, did, did you guys did you guys happen to see the the Saturday Night Live? Oh, the parody? Oscar. Yeah, it was oh, terrific. Yeah. Oscar. The Oscar yeah. the Grouch. Terrific. It, that was brilliant. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Uh, it really was. It, it was yeah. it, that was so. And I guess David Harbour is the guy who came up with that idea. 
that's he um i listened to him on a because uh, you guys know i'm a npr nerd he's done he's done a few what pretty extensive npr uh interviews i it may have been like a fresh air or something like that but he's a really interesting dude he's he's had a he's had a, a, a interesting you know, acting career in life and just his approach to stuff it's uh if you have a chance to, to track down any interviews with him he's a, a interesting I- I, I told these guys before we recorded that I finally watched Avengers Endgame. I also um, I save all of my terrible movie watching for when I'm on planes. Yes, uh, yes. So You're I watched trapped. the new. I'm where I watched the new Hellboy movie, the most recent. Oh, one, I'm sorry. Which is a, a chef's. I'm doing a chef's kiss right now. Perfect airplane movie. <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's just like just. Uh, just like a bad movie that or like you don't sit there and regret that you're like oh i wish i was seeing this on like a tv at home under perfect conditions <laughs> you know like you're just i'm on a flight for four and a half hours i need something i got bored of what i'm reading and uh watched hellboy and he was good in it i actually liked him everything else in that movie is so like it it's in it's too much like latest. the comic book is the problem is it it's 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 it lifts stuff straight out of the comic and it it yes. almost plays it too straight yeah yeah yes. I, I i didn't hate it but it's not good <laughs> you know, it's, it's like <laughs> it it yeah the stuff where the they pulled so many things that were so directly from the comics but also like kind of didn't execute it as well as they could. Well, I think so if you part like, of the... described it to me, you'd be like, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, I don't, yeah. Well, I think part yeah. of it too oh, yeah. is like with Hellboy the comic, because of, of Mignola's style, his wonderful art style, and the sort of esoteric way that he tells a story, he can, you know, like he can really give you something that is on paper kind of nothing but he's so talented he's such a good artist and the way he lays out a story and the way that he writes that character it's intriguing but then when you try and recreate it in a movie it it just doesn't work because it's not his style it's not his visual look and feel of the book and everything that he you know you can't yeah so it, it just I don't know. It's weird. Like I always felt like the Del Toro. Um, was, it was Del Toro, right? Yeah, yeah, Benicio. Yeah, I, I always thought that was like the with the fan fiction movie versions of of Hellboy. Yeah, I liked the first one. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, they were fine, but it was it still wasn't. It was like a fan fiction version, you know. But also, like, think about how those comics are structured. Those comics are structured in such just storytelling wise, so non-movie oh yeah and that like like poetry or something and then this other story happens eight years later and then like (laughs) there's huge gaps of time and just like and nothing's explained and nothing's explained except like and in that sense it's it's perfect right because it's like here's this huge tapestry of like time and this little story is one thing that happens within it 
And it's like, of course, I'm not going to bother to explain everything to you because there's 40 years of stuff that's happened. <laughs> you know, so there's 300 years of ancient, you, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> lore. You always kind of know that you're just kind of getting dropped into something, yeah. and that's just how yeah. the universe works. You know, like, yeah, there are threads that go from stories to story, and things pop up again, but like, it's not like a, they, they don't run it like a Rogue One. Where that end of that movie is directly the start of the next movie, you know, like they're not like <laughs> right. together, like that, you know, like it could be like eight years where Hellboy is in Africa wandering around, you know, and then which is awesome, which is awesome, and it like kind of liberates all those stories uh, from having to like tie in like literally so tightly together. But then when you watch it in a movie, you're just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? Cause you're watching, like a, <laughs> you're watching like a two hour thing. Right. And they're jamming all this stuff yeah. in there. Well, that was the thing. Just, it was, it was extremely Hellboy. Like that movie yes. with David Harbour was, ext- it really was so much like the comic. It just doesn't work as a movie. It just, it just, yeah. you can't do the same thing. It, it, you know, I thought, well, we kind of, we kind of see that over and over again, don't we? Well, yeah, I, I think it's speaking a tough of thing. Watch, Watchmen premieres on uh, HBO tonight. That's right. I'm oh, it does gonna, it? Yeah, I'm probably gonna watch that yeah, after I, this. I uh, and uh, something I've been rereading along the same topic is uh, I'm I'm in the middle of rereading V for Vendetta, Ooh. which <laughs> I haven't read in a long time, and I forgot yeah. how good that is. Yeah, and how I wish it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm like, oh man, I wish this book wasn't so timely, as much. As... <laughs> I mean, like on the third page, the third page of the book, a character references making great, uh, making Britain great again. Oh Jesus! Like, I... <laughs> like, like on the third page of it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Alan, Alan, uh, Alan, you know, yeah. he knew, he knew. You know, what talking about, but as far as like the translation, from, you know, watching these things that are such great comic books, you know, and the V for Vendetta movie was yeah, it was pretty good, but like you forget, you know, then rereading the book, you're like, oh yes, the book had much more. There's much more going on here than yeah. what can be captured like in the movie. You know, same with the sort of watching that Hellboy movie where it's like, oh. It's great. They pulled all these things from it, and it's somehow less the the sum of its parts. Well, it's you know, like uh, somehow bring it all together. You're like, oh, that's not as good as it I, could be. I have a theory, and let me know what you guys think about this. But so I was watching um, the new. Uh, we went and saw the new um, Lion King, oh. the CGI version of the Lion uh-huh. King, and uh-huh. I. I was, you know, the first 10 minutes, it's like, holy shit, this looks amazing. Like, those are real lions and real monkeys and all the, you know, it's like, it looks unbelievable. But then about 10 minutes into it, I'm like, this is boring. I know, I've seen this 14 times. I know the story and it's not as good now. I didn't, I it was, and I was talking to my niece about it afterwards and she was saying, yeah, I didn't feel very connected to any of the performances. Like I, for some reason, I, it was amazing to watch, but I didn't feel anything. And I remember reading. Uh, do you guys remember the books um, "How to Make Comics" by Scott McCloud? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. Been around forever, right? And I mm-hmm. remember him talking about 
like why comics one of the reasons why comic books work and like cartoons work is because the simplicity of the drawings allow us to connect and put our own um sort of emotion and feelings into those characters um we fill in the gaps you know what i mean like if, if mm-hmm. because they're so simple in comparison to reality our brains kind of fill in the gaps so i think that's sort of the thing mm-hmm. with hellboy like it's so simple in a lot of ways that we kind of fill in a lot of the holes but then when it's a movie it's not you're just sort of given it and there's no gaps to fill in so it's like you either accept it or you don't and it's it, you don't you may not connect with it as well because there's no gaps for you to fill in i don't know that's just a sort of theory i have on that kind of thing did I lose I you completely? You lose you guys on that? <laughs> <laughs> it blew my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think leaving something to the imagination. I mean, there's, you know, if something is technically superior, it's like how I feel about Avatar. It looked amazing. I wasn't emotionally connected to it. Um, where, yeah, like a, a, the animated version of The Lion King, cry like a little baby. It's, <laughs> you know, it's it's... It's so yeah, like because t- like you were Mufasa, you were. <laughs> yeah. What is the shadow we place, Daddy? Um, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 isn't that what it's all about? You know, we we're talking about die earlier, and and the stuff, and and even Joker. It's really at at the end of the day, it's about creating an, an emotional connection with your with your audience, with your reader, and it can be technically. Um, superior the the execution on 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 art and visuals and and whatnot. But if you don't create some sort of of personal connection with the with the viewer with the reader, that's you've missed the mark. Yeah, and there's a lot of beautiful stuff out there, but you know at at the end of the day, it's gotta it's gotta mean something to you, right? Absolutely, I yeah. think. I mean, you know, going back to the beginning, it's like if it if I don't care, then what's mm-hmm. the point? What's yeah? Know, what what the hell is it for? What is it doing to me? You know, I, if I, if I, I don't need, I don't need to go to school when I watch yeah. a movie. You know, I don't, well, if I want that, I'll watch a documentary. And I feel that with like really good writers, like and you know the 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 writers, the the men and women that 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 just kind of grab you with stuff that. I think is the key whenever I, whenever I read something and if they make me feel vested in a character in, in like the, the smallest amount of time possible. I mean, there are some writers, there are some, you know, directors, you know, it's sometimes it can be a movie where they can, you know, within like a minute or two, like actually kind of make you care about something or someone, and if something bad happens to them, you're like, oh my god! It's like you've known, you've you've had, you know, like ninety seconds with this character, mm-hmm. and now they have That's ruined skill. your life. It's skill. Mm-hmm. It's that it is absolutely the skill of writing is to make you connect with something or someone, and then rip that away and make you feel terrible. Stop <laughs> making me feel things. <laughs> yeah. It's, and there and you and we and we know the writers that are able to do that. It's and it's 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 an absolute skill. And uh yeah. So on another note, have you guys watched mm-hmm. um 
on Hulu, the uh, Wu-Tang Clan saga. <laughs> I, I started watching it, and I'm absolutely going to finish it. Oh, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I can't wait every Wednesday for it to come out. It's so good. It's so, but every time I watch it or every time I, I think about it, I cannot help but think about the time where, where Chris, when you, uh, you pronounce the RZA. 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 (laughs) Yes. And the RZA. I was just like, hello, middle-aged white man. man. Oh, the Wu-Tang Clan. (laughs) <laughs> and I will. Is that some sort of Chinese restaurant? Is that <laughs> <laughs> the Wu Tang <laughs> clan? I just no, I had to bring that up. Sorry, I apologize, but you know. Oh, it's 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 a classic. It's classic, it is. And I own it's, it. I'll wear it. I'll yeah. wear it. So. Yeah. Hell yeah! I'll wear it. I will say, I, I, when I went to um, uh, Summerfest. Over the summer in Milwaukee, up there, mm-hmm. uh, I was yeah. wearing a Wu Tang Clan T-shirt, and I got more comments from people than any shirt well, I've ever the, worn in my life. The day the day that you went is was going to be conducive to that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You went on a Snoop day where Dog, there was a yeah. lot, lot of hip hop and rap acts. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it Wu-Tang was mostly is white for people. The children, Wu Tang Wu Tang is from for the children town. You're right. <laughs> You're yeah. absolutely right. Oh yes, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, the, it's, the show is really good, though. I've I've watched all the episodes, and I I think it's really good. I it's it's to me, it's like one of the best comic book movies out there, in a weird way. <laughs> in a weird way, you're right. Really? It is. I'm they're putting together the Justice League. Like they're putting together. Yeah. Like I'm just Wu-Tang waiting for assemble. Yeah, it really is, and I I I I love it. I enjoy the hell out yeah. of it. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I watched the first one. I'm going to get around to it. I, you, it is. It's a comic book movie. It's the greatest. Yeah. It's the currently my favorite comic book TV show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the first episode all about getting the gang together. No, the um, six episodes, seven episodes in, they, they're yeah. still. No, I mean, so they're still getting together. It yeah. Takes oh, a long time, oh, so so it's it's the it's the deconstructed trade paperback style of of. <laughs> it's yeah. the, the Brian Michael movie. Bendis. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's Ben. So it's written by. So, so what you're telling me is that the Wu Tang Clan was written by Bendis. <laughs> well, it's. I think it's the. I think it's the RZA who's been writing it, but uh... the RZA, <laughs> Bendis, and the RZA. Bobby, Bobby but it's really Digital. good. Like I want. Like I want to know about these guys. Like I want yeah. to know. You know, and it's not. I don't even think it's like. Um, too much hyperbole. You know. I mean, they don't they don't spend a whole lot of time like glamorizing anything necessarily. Um, I mean, obviously, they were all very talented, you know, musicians and rappers, especially, you know, MCs. But uh, they don't even spend that much time on that as of yet. And it's really just sort of like telling this story about these guys that, you know, were trying to get out of a bad situation or trying to change their lives or just loved music and it's i think it's really good i think it's i think it's excellent and nice uh, awesome and it, it's it wu-tang is, an american saga hell yeah just, uh, <laughs> hell, hell yeah That's, that is awesome yeah. all right well so we've got uh the next time we get together we're going to be talking about joker um yep. is there is there anything else we want to we want to cover in this episode before we wrap <sighs> things up um, I had an email. Well, I have, I have an email oh, and, a, yeah. and a tweet if you guys want to. 
a tweet. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So the e- the email is from Christopher Vu, who has emailed us before. Um, mm-hmm. He calls himself the Neo Samurai, and he asks, "Why does Chris yeah. insist on saying whenever when any other normal person in the world would say when?" Now I have to admit. I, is the, that a is that a tick of mine? I, it must be, but I have never noticed that. But apparently, you must say whenever, as opposed yeah, to when. Dad, don't start emailing us ver- about verbal ticks. Because <laughs> I have a <laughs> lot of stop. them. Please stop. Don't. <laughs> well, I guess oh, he's God. just curious if it's something you do on purpose or you do it accidentally. Apparently, uh, yeah, absolutely not on purpose. Okay. All right, well, there you go. Use less words, Chris. Use less words. Why are you using so many words? I got to fill time, Tom. You're annoying annoying our listeners by saying whenever. I've been annoying listeners since 2006. (laughs) This is true. This is true. Haven't we all? Listeners have been tolerating you since 2006. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around comics, listening to the other two guys. Oh. No, not at all. Not, oh. not true. Oh, um, no. This is Chris's die. <laughs> oh. This is four-sided die. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Well, um, hold on. I got a tweet. Huh? Oh, we got a tweet. Got a tweet. Oh, an email and a tweet. This okay. Is, from, is this uh, one also about my uh my no, my not my at all grammatical? What's the deal with Chris? Yeah, why did Chris's yeah, man, L's sound like W's? You know? Chris, no, no, this is a, just a question. Um, and it was just posted. I, I tweeted out earlier that we were recording an episode tonight. So and Jason, uh, the servant, what? The servant Ford, Jason Ford. He is at ThunderDuck360. He, uh, he said, awesome question. What was your favorite Vertigo series? I just reread Sandman number 74. Wait, did he say awesome question or awesome? No, no, no. awesome. He said awesome. Mark. Looking at it right now. Yeah, okay. Exclamation so awesome mark. Awesome question. That was in reply awesome to the fact that we were putting out another episode. He said awesome. Uh, then he okay. went on to ask a question. Question. What was your favorite Vertigo series? I just reread Sandman number 74 and was brought back to 96 when we had a great run of new and groundbreaking bra- groundbreaking comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you guys, do you have a favorite um, Oh, that's, yes, there, one answer for me. Uh, Tom, you? I'm thinking. There's so many good ones. I'm just trying to like... Yeah, <sighs> yeah it's my favorite series of all time. 100 Bullets? bullets? 100 Bullets. Oh, Absolutely. There you go. There you just, go. A, just a... Just a fantastic, perfect series from issue one to one hundred. It's a perfect. It's a perfect, perfect series. One hundred. Perfect for me. It's perfect. You for know me. what popped into my head? I why the last man? It's mm. a great one. Yeah, for sure. I'd have to really think about, it, but that was like the first answer that sort of came to my came to my head. I'm sure there's something else. I'm like, oh no, I'd like that more. I mean, preacher that. was awesome. Answer. I mean, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Preacher was great. Um, Scalped was uh, great. Uh, DMZ yeah. was really good. That was a little bit yeah. later on, you know. Obviously, uh, yeah. I've, Preacher is one that I certainly have a lot of affinity for, and mm-hmm. Hellblazer. But Sandman, um, great. But I think probably my favorite uh, was Fables. Yeah, yeah. I loved yeah. Fables. I thought that with was a Vertigo, good. with a Vertigo, there's almost no bad answer. I mean, that was <laughs> yeah, right? that was that was legitimately. 
like a seal of approval. If it came out from Vertigo, yeah. it was it was worth picking. I I mean there Transmit. was probably five oh there was a five or six year period where it's like if if there was a new series from Vertigo, I was gonna read at least a couple issues of of every one. And yeah, and it was that was a stamp of quality. But yeah, I hundred bullets is it's might be my favorite series of all time. So that's a I mean like of any comic. There you go. So there's your answer. Uh, you got your answer, Jason, the servant mm-hmm. of Duckzilla, whatever the hell year was. Thank you, Jason. Happy. Keep yeah. the questions coming. So uh, yeah, yeah we got, what's, what's the what's the Twitter the Twitter handle at Around Comics? It's same as Instagram oh. at Around Comics. We, nice. you know, we've had those for a long time, so we didn't have to do anything like the real Around Comics or Around Comics podcast. <laughs> At, the real at, around at comics. At real around comics. At real around comics. We are the real one. God damn it! It's Hopefully, just... no one steals that uh, Facebook page from us. <laughs> someone else just <laughs> hacks it. Hack. Someone hacks it. Oh shit! I just love it because like sounds like fuck social media. I'm out of here. And then it's like oh well shit. I should have deleted that page. Uh, <laughs> well, I was just like, no, you know the the weird thing was just. I don't know. I was so tired of Facebook and I was getting, I was, it was more for me. I was just like spending too much time arguing with people, you know? And, and yeah, believe it or not me, I was arguing with people. And, uh, so I kind of did it just so I would stop doing that. Cause I kind of hate it. I I just didn't want to be that person. It's a moment of self-realization that we were all in rough. So that's when I deleted it. It was just like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to spend, I don't want to waste time arguing with people I don't even fucking know. You know what I mean? It's why, it's why I stopped drinking brown liquor. There there you go. uh, It just doesn't end well. Right? Nothing good happens after 3 a.m. Nothing good happens when Chris drinks bourbon. All right. Well, I think that's. Uh, I, I I think we can wrap up on uh, on that note. Uh, good discussion uh, tonight. We will come back and talk about the uh, uh, the Joker. Is it the the Crown Prince of Crime? Crown? Is that the, the clown? The clown. Clown Prince. Clown Prince of crown. of of crime. Yeah, it's, right, so. it's a clown, guys. He's, he's a, a clown. clown. He's, he's a, a clown. clown. He has makeup. I thought he was a serial killer. Uh, looking forward to that. What's uh, yeah? What's uh, what's I'll go watch and uh, talk about uh, the Watchmen series on HBO. Maybe a little bit next time. Uh, I've uh, started checking out the, the Batman or the Batwoman <laughs> series. Oh, you're not going to watch Watchmen. Tom does but not I want to insult Alan Moore with you know supporting something. I, I just have gotten to the point where I, often I'm like, do I need to know more? Yeah, no, I get this. you. That's the stuff where it's like... Yeah, I can see that. I will it's... say, uh, not about Watchmen, but I saw something today that initially I was like, I don't need any more. I don't need any more Star Wars in my life. But I saw the trailer for The Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian looks like, fucking awesome, dude. Fuck, I'm going to have to get goddamn <laughs> yeah. Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to subscribe, aren't yep. I? Yeah, it looks pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. And Billy D. Williams is in it. It's like, yeah. right there, you got me at Billy D. Williams. Disney basically said, we're going to lose money on the production of this just to get all of you assholes to subscribe. They're not going to lose any money. They're going to make No, they're not, not going to lose any money. <laughs> but it looks amazing. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. So And, yeah, I saw the list on uh, – God, what a marketing thing. Um, Disney started putting out 
tweets on listing everything that's going to be available on Disney Plus, you know, like 140. It took them three and a half hours of continued tweets of everything that is going to be available on that platform at launch. At launch. Oh, boy. yeah, it's it is it's. I mean, for the for the comic book fans, because all the Marvel stuff, you know, obviously, like all of the you know Spider Man and his Amazing Friends and the, the X Men cartoons and 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 all that. There's going to be a lot of comic content uh, out there. Can that, I don't so, know why this sparked a, a funny story in my head. Can I tell you guys a fun, kind of a kind, kind sure. of funny, not really hilarious. Kind of, okay, we're not going to say no. So, so. Um, a while back, there was a story that came out, like Netflix tweeted, tweeted about someone had watched um, the B movie, you know, the the animated movie, the B movie that is uh, it's Jerry Seinfeld and uh, what's her name? I can't think of her name now. Um, from anyway, it doesn't matter. But it's an it's an older animated film, and it's about bees. Um, and somebody had watched it over the past, like from 2018 to 2019, they had watched it 347 <laughs> times in, in a year's Jeez. span. Okay. Well, the funny thing was, is my daughter and I saw that story and we both thought it was my wife. Because she, what? Yeah, because she goes to bed almost every single night watching that movie. <laughs> every single night she falls asleep. Listening to Jerry Seinfeld playing a bee in an animated movie, so we thought for sure it was her. It wasn't, but I want to know. I want. I. I'm like fascinated to see if if she's watched it as many times as whoever this person was that Netflix has tweeted. But the fact that Netflix knows that too is a little weird. Why does Kim love that movie so much? I don't even think she or does loves she? it. I don't. Mr. Yeah, I. I I'm not sure that does she, it just I mean, make she, her fall asleep? Is it like a, is it like a Pavlov's dog thing? I think it's just sort of a comfort thing. Like she knows it, so okay. at this point she doesn't have to pay attention to it. She wants noise, and she likes the noise yeah. and the light, but she doesn't want something that she'll actually pay attention to. So she's That's, seen it my, my, so my many wife times. is like that with the uh, um, uh, Law and Order SVU. There. She can just that that's her background. It's noise. white noise. Like, seriously. Yeah, it's white it's, noise. She, it's she white doesn't noise. watch it. It's it's completely unengaging. She can have it on and and she already know I mean, you know, Ice T finds a dead person and they eventually ar- arrest them. I mean, that's the story. <laughs> there so. you go. It's the same thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I every almost every single night I come to bed and I turn off B movie. Uh it's either that or it's it's like um Hotel Transylvania three. One or the other. I don't. Yeah, it's I, my wife does yeah. not have cracks. Yeah. My shit up. <laughs> Mine too. Uh, we forgot that. to mention that uh, Werner Herzog is in the Mandalorian. So that you should. Werner just... Herzog is in Mandalorian. Yeah, he's in the Mandalorian. Yeah, he's going to play the bad guy. He looks almost like he's um, what? What? Palpatine-ish yeah. looking. That's I. Uh, no one. No one's ever. Uh, combined the interests of both um, current Tom and twelve-year-old Tom, <laughs> such as, as even like, Tom's Warner gonna Herzog. have to subscribe. Yeah, Warner Herzog <laughs> is in the Mandalorian plus, plus Star Wars. Uh, like, everybody oh, loves Star fine. Wars, Tom. Everyone, even Warner. Everyone does. I, even I, I met I met him, and it was amazing. He um 
he was down in Champaign, Illinois, for one of the Robert Ebert uh, overlooked film festivals, and they were uh, uh, they were showing uh, one of his movies. I think it's the the one the one with the crabs on the beach, and I can never remember the 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 name of it. Finding it had Nemo? to be huh? <laughs> Finding Nemo. Was that? <laughs> it was not Finding Nemo. No, no, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. I, Invincible. That was the name of it. Uh, great movie. Uh, I just remember the visuals of these these uh, uh, crabs on the on the beach. It was crazy. Uh, Tim Roth is is in it. Uh, but yeah, uh, like literally bumped into him on the the streets of Champagne and and you know, shook his hand and you know said so, you know I loved his loved his movies. Uh, just big guy, you know, big big guy, big personality. He's a man's man. Uh, uh, boys, I mean, he's he's one of a kind, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had some. So watch, uh, watch Invincible. It's uh, watch, it's, yeah. pretty, it's a pretty crazy movie. I definitely have not done a good job of of watching enough of his films. I need to watch. Oh, uh, watch of them. Fitz Fitzcarraldo. I think I did watch that one actually. Uh, was uh, Aguirre. Um, um, it's uh, the wrath of God. It's uh, and there's actually a pretty a pretty amazing uh, documentary. It's called a, what is uh, it's it's uh, 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 my fiend, and it's yes. basically about his his relationship with uh, Klaus Kinski. Yep, there's the documentary about Fitzcarraldo that Werner Herzog didn't make that, but that's a pretty amazing documentary. Grizzly Man, yeah, that's also that. a good one. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. He one. did. He just did that one about volcanoes. That was on uh, Netflix. Yeah, a year or two ago, I can't remember off the top of my head. He did the one about the Arctic, with the classic memeable moment of the penguin that's gone insane and is wandering <laughs> in the wrong, right. wandering in the wrong direction. Yeah, it's, it's just like yes. I, he's he's like a film filmmaker's filmmaker. I, he's he's that he's that guy, um, and he's in Mandalorian. God damn you, Disney! Damn it. Money. <laughs> He's got some of that Disney money, baby. Yeah, he did. He's like, yeah, right. Oh, you know what? I didn't talk. Well, we can save this for maybe the next episode. But um, I did start reading Hip Hop uh, Family Tree. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Isn't it? Yeah, very good. Well, it's like insane. I've I've never been into. I'm into hip hop. I'm into old school hip hop now more than I've ever been in my life. Sure. Like I'm, I'm sure. reading that. I'm watching Hip Hop Evolution. And the Wu Tang Clan, Clan thing. Like, yeah, you're just, deep. I'm deep into hip hop right now. The, uh, <laughs> the uh, there are there are several uh, Spotify hip hop family the hip hop family tree playlists out there that are phenomenal. By volume, I, I'm gonna have to check them out. Yeah, I've been yeah, listening. It's, it's, yeah, it's like I went from Wu Tang Clan to I've been listening to Grave Diggers. Uh, the Riz's <laughs> other band because it's like the RZA, horror, RZA, sir. RZA's it's other the band. RZA, the RZA, the RZA. Uh, that was his other like horrorcore band, and that really kind of I like that kind of stuff. There's not enough horror in music, in my opinion. Yeah. There should be more. I always have been a big Alice yeah. Cooper fan. A little bit more, you know, Bobby, uh, Bobby Boris Pickett, little Monster <laughs> Mash. <laughs> Monsters, ho- Monsters Holiday, you know, the classics. <laughs> classics, absolutely. Can't get enough of it. No, I've always, yeah. well, I mean, I, like, I was always gravitated towards, like I said, Alice Cooper and the Misfits. Anything horror-related, you know, the Cramps. 
uh, you know, and so it's like, oh, there's hip hop now. I'm finding hip hop that's horror, horror hip hop, yeah, yeah, horror hip hop, yeah. horror core. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay, this is really in my, you know, liking in my yeah. wheelhouse, if you will. Yeah, Ed, Ed Ed Pisker is is rapidly becoming like a, a modern master. I love his work, love his work, and the the hip hop family tree, the the big you know like double volumes are great. Is and the X Men um, series that he's been that he's been doing. Really looking forward to the the Tom Scholey, uh, uh Fantastic Four. Um, uh, evolution the, thing or whatever it's, yeah it's like yeah it's like what pisker did with, right, with x right. so it's uh so that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun so all right boys well i think uh i think we should probably wrap this one up it's been a good chit chat um once again if you want to contact the show you can uh, reach us at info at around comics.com or you can hit us up on all the social media at around comics on the twitters and the uh the instagrams uh search for around comics on facebook if it, there's no new posts since like you know 2000 like nine it's the wrong page apparently uh <laughs> <laughs> but we uh as always would uh would love to hear from you and uh, you guys have any uh, any other closing comments before we wrap this one up? Um, oh, uh, I was going to give a shout out to oh. Will Pfeiffer. Uh, he started the Out of Theaters podcast again. Yeah, is, uh, yeah. Billy Koopa, 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 yeah, something like that. And Will, and Will, if you're listening, because I work in Janesville twice a week, which is like. 20 minutes from from rockford where where will works um we're gonna have lunch like in the next couple weeks I'll i've got a rockford, spot uh in november really yeah i'm going so, oh you gotta you gotta fight <clears throat> no i'm going to see a comedian uh, at rockford I, he's yeah. gonna go he's gonna go fight someone in rockford i'm gonna, gonna go, go fight, fight a comedian <laughs> we're gonna in fight rockford. a comedian i'm going nice. to going yeah. to go see a uh yeah i'm going to i'm not going to mention the comedian but yeah oh. I'm going to go see a comedian. okay I did. Yeah. Why? Why won't you mention who it is? <laughs> did he like to like jerk off in front of women? He might have. Yes, he may oh, have okay. allegedly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Masturbated in front front like, of a few. Women. Have, have we have we seen this comedian together at one point? <laughs> we did at the Chicago Theater. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great show. It's great with Hannibal Buress. Fucking Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. Yeah. 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 It was you guys great. are seeing Gallagher too in person. <laughs> Yes, yeah. finally, my dream. He did, he, of, he did some crazy things, crazy things with those watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Will, we're gonna have lunch soon, buddy. It's uh, I just gotta gotta. Whether you some, like it or not, Will. Do you yeah, like it, it sounds or not. Like a threat. Oh, we got a good, we're uh-huh. gonna have lunch. I, I I hate. I'm sorry. I keep dragging this out, but I also am working on, and I haven't told you guys this yet, but you're obviously. Uh, uh, oh, Jesus, more than welcome to be a part of it, um, but you're not, you know, forced to. But I'm trying to get a panel at C2E2, which is in February. Uh-huh. I'm trying to put a panel together, um, and uh, basically, it's going to be if it works out, it'll be with some other uh, comic book pros um, and doing sort of a live other. performance thing. It's not. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a podcast. It'll be something different. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we could record it and is release there it as a podcast. Is there is what? Is there dance, dancing? There could be. I'm not. You oh. won't be required to dance. No, but um. So I'm trying to. I mean, I've got, to put I've got together. sick moves. I'm sure. I'm sure you do. Um. So we'll see if that comes together. I've. I've. I'm working on it right now. 
trying to get some people involved and trying to get them to approve it at uh, at C2E2. So everyone email Lance Fensterman at ReadPop and tell him you want uh, my panel at C2E2, and maybe that'll convince him to, to let me do it. Is it a Give me the panel. panel? It would be, well, it, it would be something... Uh, it would be presented by Around Comics. How's that? But okay. it would not be an Around Comics panel. It, it would be something different. Um, okay. But hopefully something fun and mm. goofy and entertaining. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I'll tell you guys well, off okay. air. Well, let me, I just let, don't want to. What weekend? Let me see if I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, February well, 23rd or something like that, I think. I don't know. Okay. So well, how about we, we talk about it? Um, uh, intermission at the Gallagher show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. We could, we'll go ahead, go outside and vape, and uh, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gallagher, incredibly vaping, soft hands. Vaping at a Gallagher two show, would be... <laughs> <laughs> completely unironic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the craziest On that thing ever. Note. <laughs> Gallagher two. All right, that's it. I think I'm done. I think that's all the. All right, that's it. That's all the Sorry. announcements, mini announcements, possible announcements for future panels at future. I'm also at, trying to get a panel at CT. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Might have a bigger draw, Tom. <laughs> probably. No, I don't. Probably. <laughs> Tom's going to talk about the clown prince of um, crime for an hour. Yeah. Talk at you for a while. Yeah. So, no right. questions. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about <laughs> the next hour and 45 minutes. It's going to be Tom's 50 minutes on his thoughts on Fitzcarraldo. Walk up, you walk up to the microphone and I'll decide whether you get to ask a question. <laughs> Based purely no, on your appearance. Yeah, down. <laughs> don't want to hear it. Nah. Nah. Unworthy. Nah. Yeah, All right, yeah, folks. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Around Comics. We'll be back uh, sometime in the next month here to, to talk about Tom's book of uh, book of the month and uh, and anything else in and around comics. Comics. All right. Wu-Tang, motherfuckers. Uh, oh, geez. Wu-Tang's for the children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Read Hip Hop Family Tree. <laughs> You're listening to Around Comics.